So thank you for joining us <clears throat> for this very important uh, feast in our faith. This concludes the Easter season, Eastertide, which is a celebration of 50 days and we call Pentecost. But actually you may not know that this fulfills the Old Testament feast of what? Pentecost. The Jews celebrated it. They called it the Feast of Weeks, and they celebrated it as a giving of the law to Moses on the mountain. So it was a celebration that they referred to as a Pentecost of such, or the Feast of Weeks, and it was the giving of the law. Today, it is fulfilled in Christ through his ascension, as we talked about, exitus reditus, a constant coming uh, ascension of Christ, descent of the Holy Spirit. And so we have on the 50th day, Pentecost, or the coming of the Holy Spirit. This is a gift that is so important. So God's Spirit has been preparing for the coming of the Messiah all through the Old Testament. A lot of people don't realize that when you read the Old Testament, when we read it as a church, we're searching in it for what the Spirit, who has spoken through the prophets, really wants to tell us about Christ. But remember, he doesn't speak on his own. He does not. So, <clears throat> also tomorrow we will celebrate Mary, the mother of the church. And so that was specifically put after Pentecost because what's happening? Mary was in the upper room. The term Novena comes from nine days of prayer. And the tradition is it came when Mary and the apostles were in the upper room and the coming of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I was in the Holy Land a few years ago, I went to what they traditionally call the upper room. And, you know, I was reflecting on that. And, do you know, we received four sacraments in that one room. The Eucharist, of course, holy orders as Jesus ordained the first priests, like the Aaronic priesthood when he washed their feet. Confession, we just heard Father Bob read, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained, and confirmation. <clears> the <throat> Holy Spirit came down and they were sealed. Now, here, after the resurrection, we read Jesus breathed on them. Now what's interesting, he breathed on them to give them the Holy Spirit. It's like when he first, when God first breathed life into man, Adam. Now with the gift of the Holy Spirit, he's breathing a new creation, right? One not enslaved to sin. One that is now redeemed. Now Jesus says, peace be with you. We always think of peace as being an absence of war. Here, peace is not just an absence of war. Peace is a removal of sin. And I think this is a powerful passage. It's one that I always quote because I get bombarded with letters. Father, the priest doesn't forgive the sin. Well, that's interesting. Of course, the grace all comes from God, but God uses the priest as his instrument, the instrumental cause. So in essence, does the priest forgive the sins? Yes, not because he deserves that power, if you will, not because it comes from him, it goes through him. The grace comes from God, but he uses the priest as an instrument. 
So when that priest raises his right hand in that confessional and gives you the words of absolution and then finishes with, I absolve you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, there's no wondering, am I forgiven? Maybe I'm forgiven. I hope I'm forgiven. You are guaranteed forgiveness or Jesus is a liar and nobody's going to claim that. This is his own words. Receive the Holy Spirit who sins you forgive are forgiven, who sins you retain are retained. And in Matthew 16, 19, in Matthew 18, 18, he goes on to say, who sins you forgive are forgiven in heaven, who sins you retain are retained in heaven. Heaven has to follow the priest. This is incredible. If the priest says you're absolved, heaven has to follow. And so that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift that the priest now receives. Powerful. Well, Father, wait a minute. Jesus had ultimate authority to forgive sin. Yes. But when you have ultimate authority, you have the authority to delegate it. I always tell the story when I was with my business in North Carolina, when I would leave on a business trip, I would say, Brian, while I'm gone, you're in charge. If there's a bill to pay, you pay it. Somebody to hire, you hire. Somebody to fire, you fire. I always used to say, you're in persona, Chris. <laughs> Meaning you're in the person of Chris, my, myself, but the priest is much, much more. He's in persona Christi, in the person of Christ. Because I had the authority, I started the company, I founded the company, I had the power to delegate. Jesus just delegated that power through the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now you have this power. Again, it doesn't come from him. This is powerful, important. All right, now, the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about this. The third person of the Trinity, the one that is really most active in the world today if we let him. People don't realize that. We know it is Christ who is the visible image of the Father. In the divine mercy image, Brother Mark can show it, if you see in that divine mercy image the Holy Father in his encyclical Misericordia Voltus, the face of the Father's mercy, basically if you can encapsulate or manifest the mercy of God the Father, you have the Son, the image of divine mercy. But it is the Spirit who reveals Christ, the Son. When the Father speaks, you heard me say this on Friday, but it's worth repeating. When God the Father he speaks, out comes the word, the word, the eternal word. When he thinks as part of himself, what comes forth is the word. Just like you, when you think words come out of your mouth, words are part of you. But that word cannot exist or be powered without a breath. And that breath is the Holy Spirit. That's what we're receiving today. When the Father speak, out comes the word, that's the Son, but it's powered by the breath of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Hebrew word for spirit is ruah, which means breath or ear or wind. That's why we equate the Holy Spirit to that. But, Father Bob, I asked him to read the first reading. There's actually a second reading of the gospel that is optional to read, and it talks about the fact that the Spirit doesn't speak by himself. He doesn't. No, by his power, by his power, we hear the Father's word. What is the word? The Son. And so that's what the Spirit reveals to us. The Father is always the ultimate source. All right, this is true. But we know him through the Son. So the Spirit then reveals the Son. 
This is the beauty of the Trinity. And the Son focuses on the Father. So when the Spirit reveals the Son, in essence, that gets us back to the Father. That's the whole exitus reditus of Thomas Aquinas. All comes from God the Father. We were redeemed by God the Son. And now we are sanctified by the gift of the Holy Spirit. Powerful. That's the Mass. That's our faith. That's what we have. Now, what I think is really powerful here is Christ's whole work, even on earth, was a joint mission. We don't think about this. A joint mission with the Holy Spirit. What do you mean, Father? The mission of Christ and the Holy Spirit is brought to completion in the church. And today we celebrate that birth. The church is the body of Christ and the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we need the church. A few weeks ago, I did the talk online, you could find it, is the church needed for salvation? The church is always taught yes. Now there's some qualifying factors there. Do you have to be, you know about Father Feeney and others and talk about the four walls of the Catholic church? But the point is yes, there's no salvation without Jesus and Jesus's body is the church. Powerful. Now, what about the spirit? He prepares us and goes out to us with his grace in order to draw us to Christ. That's an important role. The Spirit manifests to us the risen Lord. He recalls his word to us and opens our minds so that we are prepared to receive him. He empowers us. He makes present the mystery of Christ in the Eucharist, which we are about to celebrate in order to be reconciled to us god brings us the gift of confession that we just read in whose sins you forgive are forgiven now to bring us into communion with him god sends us the holy spirit from that is born much fruit so you know this reading is also the reading read on divine mercy sunday Powerful, huh? He appears on the first day of the week. It says on the evening of that first day of the week. When is that? Sunday. It was the first week after the resurrection. It was the eighth day. And we've seen here the connection again with the divine mercy image. The brother Mark just showed. The church is born of blood and water from the side of Christ. And Christ was speared on this cross what poured forth was blood and water. The church was born. What do we see in the divine mercy image? The blood and the water. On the cross, the blood and water came from his side. Although the spear that punctured through his chest cavity actually punctured his heart. And the blood and the water actually came from his sacred heart. This is important because in the sacred heart devotion to Margaret Mary, we learn God is love, but in divine mercy, it's a fulfillment of that because mercy is that love of God put into action. John Paul says, mercy is love's second name. Divine mercy is God's love put into action. And now we see it through the gift of his son and now receiving of the Holy Spirit. So divine mercy image, the blood and the water, You've heard me say this, those two rays defeat Satan's only two tools of sin and death. What defeats sin, 
the cleansing waters of baptism and confession. What defeats death? Life. What was life to the Jews? Blood. What do we see in that image? The precious blood. So in practical terms, it's the Holy Spirit. Father Anthony does a whole talk on the image and talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in that image. We receive it today at Pentecost. Wow. So just like Mary and the apostles who received it, who received the Holy Spirit during their nine days of prayer, we celebrate that today. You know, a lot of people are confused by the only unforgivable sin. It says in the scriptures, Jesus says, the only sin that is unforgivable is a sin against the Holy Spirit. What does he mean by that? Well, in the Gospels, when you read it, there's a couple different explanations, like giving credit to Satan for works that are actually of God. Thomas Aquinas has an interesting look at it. He says, you know what? We attribute to the Father power and strength. We attribute to the Son wisdom. And we attribute to the Holy Spirit goodness. So he said sins against the Father, who we attribute power, would be sins of weakness. Maybe against chastity or things like that or gluttony. He said those sins are forgivable. To the Father we attribute power. Sins against the power of the Father are sins of weakness. They are forgivable. Then he said the Son is wisdom. We attribute wisdom. So what's a sin against wisdom? Ignorance. If you're not fully understanding your faith and you're guilty or culpable for not learning it, you have a sin of ignorance. That too is forgivable, Jesus says. Even the son sins against the Son of Man. Ignorance, because we attribute to the Son wisdom. Those are forgivable. But to the Holy Spirit, we attribute goodness, Aquinas says. And Aquinas says this, and I quote him. Quote Thomas Aquinas, but when man sins through certain malice, through the very choosing of evil, it is a sin against the Holy Ghost because it is against goodness itself, which is attributed to the Holy Spirit. So if you are guilty of sins of malice, please go to confession. And when that priest says, I absolve you, Jesus just told you in this reading, your sins are forgiven. Just make that effort to go. That is the understanding of the unforgivable sin I learned from Father Seraphim. He used to teach me that the only unforgivable sin is not asking for God's mercy. The Dominicans taught us this at Dominican House. They didn't even know that was what Father Seraphim was teaching. They used to teach final impenitence. It's going to your deathbed with a refusal to repent. Remember, the only way you're lost is to die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. So if you refuse to the end to repent, your soul will be lost. That is what Father Seraphim used to say is the sin against the Holy Spirit. He used to tell me that the very fact that you go into that confessional, if you truly are going of your own free will, you're truly sorry, and you're truly contrite, you automatically can't be guilty of the only unforgivable sin. Wow. This is very powerful. 
So, Augustine tells us there are three forms of it. Three forms of the unforgivable sin. Don't fall into these. Nah, I don't need God's mercy. I'm fine. I'm a good person. I didn't kill anybody. That's not asking for God's mercy. Don't fall into that trap. He said the other sin form of it is God can't forgive me. I'm too sinful. No. The power of the Holy Spirit, that priest can give you forgiveness of any sin you've ever committed, except not asking for mercy. There's no sin greater than the mercy of God. And finally, he said, the third form of it is God could forgive me, but he won't. He hates me. No, you wouldn't be in existence if God hated you. God created you because he loves you. Just remember, our sins are but a drop compared to the ocean of God's mercy. So ask for God's mercy to avoid this unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit, and open yourself today to receive the gifts that he wants to give you. The gifts that we receive at our baptism, the gifts that we receive of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. So with that, I finish. But I do say in your prayer today, Make this prayer. Because when we think of praying to the Father, what prayer comes to mind automatically? The Our Father. When we think of praying to the Son, what prayer should come forth from your lips? That one, maybe not as much, but we should do it every day. The Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a poor sinner. Do you know in the rite of confession, that's actually listed as the act of contrition. We always pray the, oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended thee, but the actual prayer, the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a poor sinner is powerful. And finally, which prayer do you pray to the Holy Spirit? Uh, gee, Father, I guess I don't know. Well, we Marians pray it twice a day in community, every morning and every evening. Join us right now on your screen as we pray. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love, who through the diversity of all tongues have brought the nations together in the unity of faith. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. O God, who instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, Grant that by the gift of the same Spirit, we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking, 
and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.